Masters of Modern. I'm your host, Alex Kessler. Here with my co-host, Ben, the no longer world champion of trivia, boss maybe <laughs> of nothing, Bateman. Trying to take some jabs at me there, uh, but I am happy to be here. I'm happy to be talking magic, the gathering with you. Oh, it's funny when we do these episodes that are just... We magic. Just the two of us hanging out, just talking, just talking magic. It strangely enough, they feel a little more rare because we it's a bigger crew and, and we swap in and out. And sometimes there's a guest, but just the old Kessler and Bateman just talking magic. That's not as common as it used to be, as it once was. Yeah. Happy to be here. Happy to be back. Talking talking spoilers today. It's 2021. Uh, we're talking spoilers and previews. So so the the, the basically the layout's gonna be um, I guess we could start at the front with the spoilers. No, let's talk previews. I don't, I, like, like the, the, at the end of the episode, we'll be talking about uh, leaks that happened, um, and and our thoughts on leaks in general, and and content creators' responsibilities on discussing them or not discussing them, and how that to go about it. Um, there's going to be a whole conversation about that. Um, we're going to go over all the cards that have been shown so far. Now, this is coming out next week, which is this week for all of you. And preview started last Thursday for all of y'all. And so we are recording this before previews have started on Tuesday. So we have all the stuff that was released mm. up to Tuesday night. Um, we did do a live stream that is up on the YouTube channel of us reacting to the first day of previews and all the announcements on Thursday. Uh, so make sure once you're done with this to go check that out. Um, and uh, as we get into this week, we will be diving into the world of all the cards shown, some of the mechanics that we've seen um, when we get to the, uh, I guess we can talk about the mechanics because um, we now know what the mechanics are using the power of time travel and the power of leaks. So we will we will discuss um, the the things that we know that are in the set. And, and, and if they're not in the set and these leaks are fake and we find out that all that is not true, then uh, mm. ha on us and you guys get to laugh <laughs> at us in the comments. But um, so my understanding is uh, modal dual face cards are back. Um, we have the lands previewed of those. Snow is back. Uh, yes. The, the Modern Horizons um, kind of hinted that this would be coming. We'll have more options for Snowlands in the world of Modern, which is going to be really hyped, and more cards to go with that snow theme. Um, a mechanic called Boast. Boast is Boast and a cost, and then you may activate this ability only if a creature attacked this turn and only once each turn. So it's like once you attack with something, creatures gain activated abilities that let you activate them once per turn. Changelings are back. So the mechanic Changeling, uh, so shapeshifters and the ability that these count as any creature type uh, in existence. Something to keep in mind is that you can't mutate onto a Changeling creature. Because it is human, uh, technically. It is, it is a human. Um, we also have a mechanic called Fortell, uh, which is... Let me find the card. Fortell is... Uh, it's Fortell and then a cost. Fortell, during your turn, you may pay two and exile that card from your hand. Face down. Cast it later. Uh, cast it on a later turn for its Fortell cost. So the idea being... Kind of like morph a little bit where you get to place a face down card for a very inexpensive amount that's like a mystery card, and then you're able to um, from that zone uh, cast it um, for a different cost than its normal converted mana cost. Uh, so like a lower, like a lower, lower cost sort of thing. So you're, it's kind of like you're paying a higher cost in two parts to get the value. Depends. We don't know. We have we have uh, we have two cards where the word foretell is used. One is a leaked card that we will talk towards in the leak section, and we can get a little bit into that. Um, and then the second one is a commander from the precon commander deck that says the first card you foretell each turn costs zero. So so that okay. that two that two costs would just cost zero. So you get to put a card from your hand in exile. It costs zero. Um, it's kind of it fix, feels like a little like fixed morph or fixed trap cards, right? Where like those. Yeah. Like trap cards had to be in your hand, and there had to be like a weird situation to happen for it to be a surprise. And uh, 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 morph cards, which are like honestly better versions of traps, have a lot of rules baggage attached to them. A face down creature in play has to be a two two, and that will never change for the rest of Magic. It's like so ingrained with how those cards work that they can't change it. That yeah, like, right. This allows them to play around in a different way in that space. You now have the ability to do cool stuff. So, so my thought is that there's going to be some basic stuff that just like lets you get a discount. Some stuff that lets you split, like say it's a a um, five mana card, uh, and then you can foretell it for two, and then foretell it for four later. So you you overall are paying more for it, but the turn you play it, you get to play it for. 
uh, a less cost, right? So like you're like spending two mana early in a time that you would be able to just spend mana to on a later turn be able to cast it for cheaper than it normally would cost. You, but I, I think a lot of them it's going to be like your foretell cost is way less than 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 its normal cost. You'll have like counter spell. Um, oh, interesting. So kind of like it, it kind of they 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 play in some ways a little bit like the possibility. Uh, what secrets do in Hearthstone? Is that what exactly. those are called? Secrets? I think exactly is 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 how I think they're going to work. Or traps. I don't uh, Hearthstone. I haven't played in a long time. But like basically, like two mana, hide a card. Then later, that could yeah. be a counter spell. So that counter spell could be, and maybe that counter spell cost if it's in the foretell zone would cost two to cast. Right. Versus if it's in your hand, it's a cancel. Right. Like three three mana cancel or two mana to exile it, and then as long as it's not that turn, you can cast it to counter a spell. Uh, let me confirm before we get too much farther. Yeah, yeah, you 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 can cast it on a later turn. So you just can't cast it on the turn you play it. Um, you that's can't, the one. Okay, gotcha. It has to be a turn that is not this one. So you can't cast it face down and then pay the other half of it. It's Correct. So say, say, say it's like a creature that costs six mana, but then you can foretell it and then play it for three mana. Right. As it's foretell cost, you can't yeah. you can't pay five mana on your turn just to like foretell it and cast it. You have to pay two and then wait till your next turn and then pay three. Is foretell always the is two always the cost of foretell? Yes. Yeah. So it's like it's like it's like a morph or no matter what, if you're playing a morph card, it costs three. And that's way that Got way it. you like keep the secret and you don't have to show what you're doing. And then mm. You have to reveal it now. Now, my guess is it'll be similar to Morph, where you get a game loss or whatever if you don't reveal every card at the end of the game. Got it. So you can't do like like shenanigans where, uh, like, say I have a card that hellbent. Like I can't like hellbent myself on purpose. Got it. But it, it, you, you you do mention hellbent though, which is which is an interesting part of this whole equation. Which is you know another piece of it that I think is really interesting is this is another way to get cards out of your hand. So when they're on the battlefield face down what do they exist as do they exist as anything no, no, they're, are in they like, they're in exile they're, they're face down exiled cards so they don't they got don't it. they don't affect the battlefield that's that's where they're different from morph they're not like a thing you can interact with well those sound cool um i, I like foretell that sounds like a that sounds like a nice uh sort of variable mechanic that should work nicely play well in all formats um i, I look forward to that yeah. um so foretell's back snow's back uh, for those who don't know, snow is a mechanic where basically it's like the sixth color in magic or the seventh color. If you count wingding uh, or, you know, the 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 Eldrazi colorless mana symbol um, where you can or eighth if you count energy. But snow has been here first. So snow is literally the sixth color in magic in the sense that um, things are snow. It's a super type, kind of like legendary. And also... Uh, if you have a land that is a snow land, when you tap it, the mana that it produces is snow mana. So, so, and that mana can be used to cast things with a snow uh, symbol in its mana cost. So there are literally. You know what I want? You know what I want? I need some snow wastes in my life. I need at some point. I need That'd some be snow sweet. wastes. That would be sweet. Just like just the waste, just the wastes covered in snow. God, think of the think of the beasts that would exist there theoretically possible in this set and and we'll get into that a little bit later so snow's back and so that 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 has interesting enough with modern horizon snow became a very dominant force now that was off of the bot the back of um uh uh the artifact that no longer is a thing the artifact that is no longer a thing banned in modern one mana draw a card tap it to make any color why can't I remember what this card oh, is called? Oh, yes, 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 yes. Uh, uh, Arkham's Astral. Yeah. As soon as things go on the ban list, they, my brain, they leave. Uh, yeah, yeah. Arkham Astral Blade obviously, like, blue snow apart in, in modern. Um, but a lot of those snow things, like, that's one thing I would pay attention to is, like, cool stuff to keep an eye on. Just because, like, Dead of Winter or On Thin Ice, like, are two, like, like you know, uh, two cards that are both, like, very strong, but, like, need a snow theme to be doing really well um thermopod which is not it's a five man it is a, it is one of the few sack outlet creatures uh, in red so um it's sweet, yes but, uh <laughs> thermopod the the two the only two free sack outlets in red that i know of that are creatures so you can tutor for them with creature tutors are thermopod and the dragon shaman from modern horizons the three drop you can sacrifice a creature to turn it into a five five dragon or a four four dragon i think we hit on the main uh, mechanic mechanics between flip cards, foretell, snow, changelings, and uh, the like, not the, the like, the attacky raid, the raid variant. Um, 
And the the one other thing that is in the set though is uh, tribal. Like there's a big tribal theme in the set though. So based yes. on what we've seen so far, and obviously anytime changeling is involved in a set, tribal kind of comes involved. We have giant tribal. We have berserker tribal. We have dwarf tribal. Uh, we have um, angel tribal is a big part of it, and we have elf tribal. I don't think. Um, so like it's like blue red giants red white dwarves and they all are enemy colored which is cool so we don't know if there's other tribal mechanics in the other in the allied color combos but red blue giants uh blue green changelings that might be different changelings might be in every color we just don't know what the blue green mechanic is a uh, blue green changelings uh green black elves black white angels and uh white red dwarves are the are the five like tribes which like has a cool laurelwin feel to me um yeah like changeling yeah, is back in giants Lor- yeah or exactly red white giants changelings i mean i definitely i definitely see some i definitely see some uh you know some similarities between there i was looking up isn't there what's that is there a giant card like a tribal giant card what's it called like crush underfoot or something like that does that sound right uh, sure. It's like, uh, <laughs> sounds like yeah, a giant so card to me. Here, here, here it is. Uh, choose a giant creature you control. It deals damage equal to its power to target creature. It's a tribal instant giant for two mana for oh, red nice. one. Okay. Okay. Well, there's you know, also like, like, there's like the Stormbreak giant that, like, as it enters, do one damage for every giant you control to every creature yes. your opponent controls. And there's a That's, lot of really cool card giant was, cards. That card got reprinted in uh, Modern Masters one. And yep. I, that was like, that was a solid first pick. Uh, there is one mechanic I missed. Uh, 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 sagas are back. Now they're tertiary and vehicles are back, right? Like these are now, they feel really tertiary, right? They feel more in the world of like, if they can bring them back, they will. Yeah. Like the same way like planes. They're not as 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 prevalent. As, it's not like every set has to have a planeswalker. Every set doesn't have to have a saga. But like at this point, I feel like sagas, anytime we do a return to a set or a set that has like a deep story they need to tell, we're going to get sagas and then vehicles are anytime it makes sense for vehicles, they come back. So, so both of those are back as well. So that's kind of like, and like, how, how do you feel about sagas? Uh, I know, I know, uh, uh, I know the collective internet's thought on them, but I'd love to actually get, I don't know if I've ever talked to you about like, now that we've played with sagas for a couple times, a couple sets where you're at on them. Um, I like sagas. They, they're, they like, they're another moving piece of the game. Uh, every, every turn that doesn't require, um, uh, any continued, uh, like resource, which is nice. One of the, one thing in magic that I like is just anytime there's like an extra moving piece on my turn. So like something, a valuable thing I get on my upkeep, a cool thing, end of turn, like just like some extra bell or whistle that makes my turn feel like I'm doing more. And so sagas, while ultimately the value of the card is essentially balanced, like for this price, you're going to get this total value. Um, it can be a higher total value for that price because it takes three turns to get it. I still think that's pretty fun um, on the whole. They, they can be a little slow. I think it's competitive cards. They only really work particularly well in one type of deck, um, one style of deck. It's very, very hard to have. I, I think there are a few of them that maybe have more, more practical applications, but like, I think that in general, the best of them tend to be in mid-range and control decks. I think there's not that many that work super, super well in like really aggressive or like really tight decks. Well, there's, um, there's like there's like the one that makes tokens or the ones that puts like plus like there's there's been some like aggressive lord esque sagas in the past. I mean, yeah, the night one. I mean, the the, the banalia. What the hell is it called? The three mana one, the mm-hmm. white white one. It was like the big card and standard. That card's great. Um, it's kind of aggressive. I mean, it, it's it is kind of aggressive. It's more just like a mid range creature card though. It's like a three mana card that gives you a two two, then another two two, and then an anthem. So it's not like you're. You know what I'm saying? You, you no, know, that doesn't make sense. Well, it's, and some of it's how they made them, right? Like, they're, we're getting some of these that, that the one that isn't a leak is, is more on the, like, exile the top four cards of your library. So you, like, draw a bunch of cards in red-white, which is kind of interesting. I don't know. Yeah, like, they, they aren't they aren't a creature that's attacking the turn that come into play, but that's not true of necessarily creatures. Um, there's, there's, there, they've been really versatile to me. I don't know. I think they're really cool. I think they're, like, really versatile. I like that they, like, take less thought than a Planeswalker on both ends. Right? Yeah. It's not, it's not like a... Uh, I have to think if I'm going to attack it. I think they give the ability for wizard. One of the reasons I think they like it is they give like planeswalker feels um, to gameplay, which they like, but without the like, they don't draw the game out the same way because they're not built in fogs and they also aren't built in value machines the way planeswalkers are. So you don't have to deal with them. They're like, they are going to get you these four things over four turns, right? Or three turns or whatever, but it's not like planeswalkers or, um, where like I have to attack it, and if I don't, they're going to win. Like there's not there's not that same same the game becomes about them feature. 
And I think the difference is and why I say that they feel more like in general, the game plan of a, of a saga is to be like a mid range card is because if I top deck a planeswalker and it's late in the game and we're getting into our final turns and I play it, you know, I mean, I have that same exact effect that I get out of any most any saga, which is that the front side for the cost that it costs the minus essentially on a planeswalker, it will be a slightly more expensive version of that effect that you'd get if it was just a single card almost 100% of the time, I would say like some of the time it's not but almost always the planeswalker version is like this is an expensive draw a card or an expensive explore or something like that, you sure. know? Um, and I think what's different about that is with the Planeswalker, you know that if you play it, if they don't attack it and you can survive, within a few turns, it'll probably win you the game. A lot of them do. Many of them do. Sagas, by the time it gets to the third thing, they don't really win you the game usually. It's just a good effect. Like, it's usually just a powerful effect. Sure. And so I think that's where it's like the impact of drawing one late in the game is just the best case scenario out of this is that three, you know, two turns from the time I play this, something pretty good's going to happen as opposed to like, if I can figure out a way to make them attack this planeswalker or protect this planeswalker, it might just single-handedly win me the game. Right, right. That's fair. And that's where, that's where one feels kind of like a win con and one feels like a mid range card. Sure. 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 Like they're more value engine. That's fair. Yeah. They're super value engine, which I think is awesome. It's just, they don't play as well. You know, if I need to draw a lightning bolt because I need to deal three damage for one mana in the deck that I need, there's not a saga that is going to get me that kind of rate for that value because they can't be. They can't be designed that way. Right. They have to give you three turns of value, not one turn of value. Yeah, yeah. So so, so let's talk about some of the cards that are out. And we're not going to talk about everything that was previewed at this point, just some of the fun, fun ones that are hyped. And we're going to start uh, – first, we're going to start with the lands because I think this is the easiest one to get get past. Um, and, and so the, those who don't know, and, and if you're tuning in, uh, this is the MMCast podcast. Uh, I am your host, Alex Kessler. This is Ben Bateman. Uh, we're, we're talking about uh, Kaldheim, and we're talking about the cards that uh, were previewed before we record these. Uh, a week in advance, so we're talking about all of the cards that were previewed, and then and then there'll be uh, a third or fourth video that talks about the leaked cards uh, later. Uh, if you look, we just kind of talked about all of the mechanics and all of the stuff that's coming back in the set and how hyped we are, so we're really excited. Uh, this is all about Kaldheim, and we're talking about uh, the cards that were officially previewed up to this point. Obviously, this whole set has started previewing last Thursday. We did an episode uh, live stream on Thursday. Definitely go check that out. Um, and it was a blast. And then, uh, also please, uh, make sure check out our patron, uh, everyone listening. We, this was the reason the podcast happens. One of the reasons we're able to do these cool mini videos once a week is patrons helping it, uh, make it happen. If you join our patron at $5 tier or more, you get access to the raw feed. So there's a bonus, like 20 minutes of content, uh, 10 minutes for sure guaranteed at the beginning of the episode. Plus all the weird mistakes or disagreements or us looking up a card or us talking about random stuff, or if we swear all of that's in the raw feed version of the episode, uh, hosted on um patreon so definitely go check that out yeah and make sure to like and hit that subscribe button right there hit the like button and comment i want to know uh, of all the new cards that we're not going to talk about today what card are you most excited by that's the thing i want to know the most is like of the new cards and, and and making sure like stuff that we're missing that we haven't talked about yet which cards do you want us to make sure we talk about in, in future review episodes so First off, we're going to talk about those lands. Flip lands are getting uh, red, black, blue, white, black, green, and blue, green. Um, so blue, green has one of the best mana fixing lands now for it, which is bad for everyone. <laughs> uh and blue, white, and black, green, two of my favorite color combos of all time, have both also gotten uh, some spicy, some spicy lands available to them. And uh, red, black. These are great lands. They're some of my favorite lands ever printed. I have to be honest with you. I think if I was going to do the ranking of uh, if I was going to do the ranking of all-time dual lands, I have to say that this cycle is probably in my top five. Um, okay. It feels like it's probably right at the end of that, right around the fourth or fifth slot, because it's basically just dual lands, shock lands, probably pain lands, I guess, maybe, because okay. they have access to like colorless as well. They're probably right in there. I like fast lands a lot. I'm a big fan of fast lands. Say what? Not fetch lands? Uh, well, so th- yes, okay. If fetch lands are a fetch are, are a dual land, sure. But it feels like fetch lands are they don't produce a color; they search for something else. Sure. But yes, you're you're, you're correct. Fetch lands are, are number two behind just regular duels. Um, but that right at the end of that list, I think would be these. I think that these are these are like these and fast lands are like the same category, right? They're like probably a little better than fast lands in most cases. Yeah, I think I, I think I'd have these in my top five. I think I think uh, I wouldn't have fast lands or pain lands. I would have uh, man lands or the creature lands. So the one thing that is interesting, and, and speaking of fast lands, because I think that is where these are most compared to, uh, as just like extremely powerful non-fetch based aggro lands, is the red black one here is actually really important. Like drag the the red black fast land is by far the most expensive and most valuable of those lands, just because it like yeah 
plays in in so many combo decks that black red is now very good in as well as aggressive decks and i think blighted pathway blight step pathway is right online with that world i think i think i think blight step pathway is like a really important card uh that'll see a lot of play dark boar pathway is another you know jund and modern um and then and then i've i've like often explained the reasons that enemy colored dual lands are really important yeah, like, like there's in, a lot less good ones in Commander, especially where you have so much more limited options. Having the ability to just increase how many good dual lands you have access to is like not something to sneeze at. And and so black green and blue green getting additional. Now these are the colors that need them the least uh, in the enemy color family because they're green. So you have like every mana fixing card ever printed uh, ever in the history of Magic. Yeah, yeah, available to you. But um, other than that, I think yeah, uh, uh, always always appreciated. Um, there's like they're they're also just like really pretty. I love the full art versions of all these. Oh, they're gorgeous. They're absolutely stunning. These show, the showcase versions at the yeah. bottom there. And this is that they they've they've actually it's one of the few secret layers they've promised will come out next year. They're going to release a secret layer that has all 10, but it's alternate versions of each of the artwork. Wow. So instead of oh, that's in, cool. Instead of getting uh you'll get four um the four pathways on Zendikar so you'll get the blue green yeah. pathway the blue white the green black and the red black pathways on Zendikar and then you'll get the six pathways from Zendikar on Kaldheim after those lands let's do this artifact pyre of heroes Big <laughs> it's, an, it's an artifact it costs two uh, you can pay two mana and tap it sacrifice a creature search your library for a creature card that shares a creature type with the sacrificed creature and has equal mana cost equal to one plus that creature's converted mana cost put that card onto the battlefield then shuffle your library activate the ability only anytime you can cast a sorcery birthing bod is back baby i'm so hyped it's, i'm so hyped by this card. It's, <laughs> it's crazy right it's it's not actually is it even worse than birthing pod Source because you all? can't you can't like use kitchen finks to get get uh you can't use creature type oof to get anything yeah. relevant uh uh the goblin's a thing though like the goblin legitimately finds dope things i think i like found a few different... the black the black persist goblin you're saying yeah or? yeah uh uh Oh, red cap, you mean? Red cap, red cap, red cap works. Yeah, yeah, you, yeah. There are other good goblins. Like, you can do the red cap plus um, the one drop goblin. Like, the, 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 the goblin combo that lets you go infinite with red cap. I forget what it is. Whatever. But yes, yes. There, there are like yes. shenanigans you can do in goblins. Uh, you can also use red cap to get Kiki Jiki to do some shenanigans, right? There's like still cool yeah. stuff you can do. Um, I like I posted a bunch of lists at some point of just like different cool ways you can go infinite with this card. I wonder if I can find them on my phone. Um, it's not better than Birthing Pod because it, it can't be any creature, right? That That's such a power level leap. And also, also tapping it only for... costs two, though. It only costs two to get onto the battle. But it costs I mean, two like, mana you can... to tap it when Birthing Pod technically only costs one. Yeah, true, true. It's really good, though. It's really cool. I mean, hopefully it's it's a less of a problem card. Uh, we've seen variations on this effect, whether it's in search abilities or it's permanents that do it repeatedly. Um, I I hope it's not an issue. It'd be a bummer for this card to get banned. <laughs> but uh, I definitely think it's super cool, and I'm I'm excited to be able to build with it, especially because it's going to be legal and modern. I'm so, I'm, like, very hyped. I, like, I definitely got a bunch of cool cards that, like, work with it. Let me find them. Well, although, the, the zombies also is a really good one. There's, like, a bunch of cool zombie stuff you can do with yeah, it. Yeah, that's for sure um, true. For sure. And then, oh, yeah, yeah. So it was, it was Putrid, Putrid Goblin is a goblin that has Persist. It's another one. And yep, it is a zombie that that's has Persist. Um, that's what I thought you were talking about in the first place when you said the Persist Goblin for some it. reason, even though Red Cap's way more famous. Um, Safehold Elite, also elf, an elf with Persist. You have Butchered Ghoul, yeah. who's a zombie with Undying, and you have Jeroff's Messenger, who has Undying, and obviously Gravecrawler. So you have all these like really good sack outlets. Uh, you have the Changeling, like Unsettled Mariner, the blue-white one. Yes. That's like really good, and that, work, that can get any creature. Grave Grave Shifter, which is the the, cha- the Shapeshifter Gravedigger for Modern Horizons, is also insane with it, because you can sack a creature... Sack a three drop, get Grave Shifter, and then grab the three drop you sacked to it back to your hand. Um, there's just like a lot of cool stuff. You have like uh, uh, like in in standard, you have like the Pack Beast for like all the party mechanics. So yes, you can get like any, yes, yes. any one of those. Yeah, there's just like a lot of cool cool shapeshiftery party based things that like you can do with this card. There's even like a, there's that one drop artifact shapeshifter, right? So like the the right. universal automaton like that's also just like really good so so i do think there's just like a lot of cool stuff you can do with this card and there's some good cards that go with it plus they're printing more shapeshifters right that's like one of the other mechanics 
And that's really cool. I mean, I've always I've always liked changelings a lot. I think I think that more shapeshifters like I think that's great. Yep, 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 yep. Uh, next card. Speaking of which, because we're just gonna go in re- not reverse order exactly, but uh, Realm Walker, two green wow. shapeshifter changeling. You may look at the top card of your library at any time. You may cast creature spells of the chosen type from the top of your library. So when it enters the battlefield, you choose a creature type. Um, say elf. This card's big game. This card is big game. Uh, I honestly, I, I mean, this is my thoughts. When I look at it, my thought is. A 2-3 three for 3 is a little expensive for the kind of effect that would make this just like turbo. As a pure value engine, not expensive at all. Pure value engine, this is just going to slot in and make a lot of creature decks just money. Like, this would be just really good. Mm-hmm. Um, in the in the sense of, like, this is a card that you'll be able to sort of go infinite with on some level. Like, it's going to create, like, an infinite elves deck or something. Maybe it's a little bit expensive to get that chain going. When there are so many good options in green, like it's, that deck, it's really good with uh, the the elf that for one, it's like one, and then you can tap three elves to make three green mana. Yeah, because because then yep. you can like if you can cha- if you play three mana and then you're able to chain enough elves off the top of your deck to then have that start over again, you can get it, yes. it has a little bit of a like every time you play a creature draw a card effect. Like that's what it in some ways says, other than the lands in your deck. Correct. Um, and just as a value card, like playing one of these in your deck in an elf deck that you can tutor for for the late game is also just like really, really good. I think this card is like very strong. I'm, uh, and then obviously I'm, in Commander and stuff, it's like insane. I'm planning on putting this into my blue-green Merfolk deck in Highlander uh, yeah. as one of the rare cards that I would play uh, of three mana, especially one of the rare green cards in that deck. But I definitely think that this fits into that deck. It's yeah, a, like, such what? a good, I don't run out of steam type of card. Yeah, like dinosaurs. Every like dinosaur deck ever created, like in Commander, plays this card. You definitely, definitely, you play it there. I would play it in Bant Spirits, maybe as a spirit that can hit with Collecting. Like cause the fact that Collecting Company can hit this card is like a big part of its game, right? Like, yeah, true. Like <laughs> yeah, that's that's like a big deal. Um, and just like, yeah, that's really good. I really like, like humans. Lands, this is a human. Yeah, remember, with, this is a human. <laughs> yeah, with with Fetchlands, this card is going to be really good as yep. well. Like being able to reset the top of your library over and over again. Um, yeah, I think this card's great. It's probably one of my favorites in the set so far. Next card. Uh, speaking of dope cards uh, that broke the internet for a day, we have Toski Bearer of Secrets, three and a green legendary creature, Squirrel One One. This spell cannot be countered. This squirrel is indestructible, and Toski, Bear of the Secrets, attacks each combat if able. Whenever a creature you control deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. Now, this is this is a reference to a direct Norse myth. There's like a like a a god squirrel that lives like in the god tree that like collects s- stories and is like pretty angry. Um, apparently, uh, now now there was a huge debate, and I wonder. Uh, I wonder where you fall on this. So people don't think this is a green card. People were mad that that, that green has the ability hmm. to just give combat damage to a uh, to, to every creature, right? Like that that they felt was like either a blue green ability or a blue ability. Um, I think this is totally green. I like I think like a four mana legendary one one that like draws you cards as a cool card draw engine is like good, but not backbreaking. And like, people were like really mad about like, there was like a huge amount of like, Oh, green gets another ability from blue. Green's had a bunch of, uh, this effect exists now for a while. Keen sense, which was the color shifted version of curiosity was all the way back in planner chaos. That kind of opened the door for this effect. You had that hunter's insight card. I, th- I think that was, what it was called or no, no, no. Uh, the the one green card that was like up to two target creatures each draw your card when they deal damage War, this turn warrior's lesson from from Theros I actually have yeah, a, I have almost every green creature that's or card that's ever let you do damage so you have this plus you have like Orin Viper you have mm-hmm. I mean there's like a you know there's a bunch of cards in that mold that green has that I don't actually think this is ungreen um, and even even in Ther even in even in 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 uh, not Theros what's the set with Eldraine. Eldraine, there was the Keeper of Fables, which is uh, whenever one or more non-human creatures deals combat damage to a player, draw a card. So, like, even the Lord version of this is, is, has existed already. Uh, yeah, outside of that controversy, I think it's good. I think it's, like, a like standard, especially. I think Commander decks are going to be a bunch of people that play, like, like it'll be like it'll be like what's his face Eldrick the blue green legend that like those yeah. decks also became like obnoxious at one point where it's like okay we get it you found every unblockable green creature and and a bunch of token makers and you draw your whole deck really quickly great but um 
I mean, that's the other. Yeah, I, I guess it has blue in it, and so does cold-eyed selkie. But yeah, there's there's a lot of green ones that don't have any other color that do that. Oh, there's like art. There's there's Odheim, whatever the the elf that's like CDH playable because it's like a death toucher that draws a card when it does yeah, damage to a yeah. player. And so yeah, yeah, I think this is totally a green ability. I, I disagree with the internet, um, but I wanted to get your read on it. Um, yeah. Magda Brazen Outlaw wanted a red. 2-1 legendary creature dwarf berserker other dwarves you control get plus one plus zero whenever a dwarf you control becomes tapped create a treasure token search sacrifice five treasure tokens search your library for an artifact or dragon card and put that card on the battlefield then shuffle your library this card is freaking bonkers dude <laughs> this card is one of the this this is probably so far of what we've talked about this feels even more busted than the birthing pod this feels like the most unfair card in the set so far because I literally look at this card and I go, if I'm playing this next to Dockside Extortionists and I'm doing that in Commander, like in the same deck, it, it's just like game over, right? Like it, it's so good. There's a really cool, <laughs> there's a really cool Mardu Treasure Commander deck that like has been in my head where it's playing like Dockside, it's playing this, it's playing the like Revel and Riches. Uh, yeah, which is the, like you win the, the game card. or whatever that it can play the like the guy that whenever a creature dies make a treasure you can play the tithe uh uh, uh what's it called thor's off card tithe. it's like it's the it's the whenever smothering, some, tithe. smothering tithe um and like this and you can sneak out like you can put blightsteel colossus and, and play with this thing you can put you can put world gorder dragon in the play with this thing <laughs> like dragon yeah, indoor artifact is a is a big is a are big are big boys i mean yeah there's exactly exactly like it's just and the fact that it's not it's not uh like sacrifice magda it's sacrifice five treasures at instant speed and do it uh-huh. like if you have a lot of treasures on the battlefield in a game of commander for instance and you like you just play dockside and you're like yeah uh my 13 treasures that i just got off of the board I will uh, wait till it's advantageous on your turn, and I'll put a Blightsteel Colossus and a giant Hellkite that wraths your whole board into play. Right, 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 Sick, right, right. Yeah. It does all for the value of these treasures. <laughs> it does insane things, and and, the, and there's alternate artwork too that's like really, really cool. Also for Trotsky, actually, every card we've talked about so far, there's either full art or like alternate art, and it's that like cool knotted, um, um, like a uh, Celtic knot drawing yeah. based style artwork that looks really cool. Um, yes, this card's this card is also insane. We have not hit a not banger yet, <laughs> uh, which maybe we will now. Uh, Showdown of the Scalds, two red white enchantment saga. Uh, step one: exile the top four cards of your library until the end of turn. Until the end of your next turn, you may play those cards. Two mana. Uh, uh, step two: whenever you cast a spell this turn, put a plus one plus one counter on target creature you control. Step three: whenever you cast this spell uh, a spell this turn, put a plus one plus one counter on a creature you control. Um, so I actually think this card is better than people are giving it credit. It's a Boros card that draws you four cards, which is not a thing that Boros gets very often. Kind of. I think it's sweet. Um, cards like this, you don't really want to play on turn four unless you have ramped into turn four. No, with no, like it's a until your next end step. Not that. No, no, I step. know that. No, I know, but okay. you just you ultimately because it's four cards, there's a decent chance you hit two lands. So you don't really want to play it necessarily on a turn that you can't play a land with it. Sure, you um, play it on turn five. Yeah, you'd like to play it on turn five, just because otherwise it's you know possibly draw three instead of draw two or draw instead of draw four. And then the second part of it is whenever you cast a spell this turn, put a plus one counter on target creature you control. I mean, kind of good. Like it's got some value. It's just ultimately like. What you're saying is that it's a Boros card that draws you potentially up to four cards for four mana, which is which is very good mm-hmm. if it works that you can cast all of them and it doesn't affect the game plan of what else is in your hand, et cetera, et cetera. So I think it's fine. I think it's not special, but it's fine. Yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's special, but I do think like this is an effect that these colors normally do not get very much out of, and it's not that hard True. to take advantage of it. Like getting this until the next turn. And the second two parts of the story are like kind of irrelevant based on how good the first half is for this color combo and then it's not irrelevant right putting plus one plus one counters for every spell you cast can do some kind of shenanigansy things uh and you can take advantage of it i don't know i think it's powerful uh i think it's underrated i don't know if it's it's definitely not as good as the other ones that's why i said we have like the next card is maybe a stinker but i think it is underrated so rolf realm eater one green black legendary creature wolf three three whenever a permanent you control is put into a graveyard from the battlefield, put a plus one, plus one counter on Seref Realm Eater. At the beginning of 
your upkeep. If Seralf has one or more plus one plus one counters on it, you may remove all of them. If you do exile each other non-land permanent with converted mana costs less than or equal to the number of counters removed this way. Um, I never want to play against this card in Commander. <laughs> it's just like all board wipe, exile board wipes <laughs> all the time. Um, but uh this is wow. this is pernicious deed on a on a on a on a, on a, a wolfy three, three boy. wolf yeah yeah this card's really good um it's it but it's all it's not just it doesn't wipe just your it's just there that wipes everybody right yeah, yeah it's it's all Each not itself card. though it, it 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 stays in play so every turn it restarts that process if you would like other non-land permit wow uh that's really good that's really 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 good you know, that's like you just in black green, too. It's like you flank this card with all of the like all the good things, you know, your all the abrupt decays and the maelstrom pulses and the assassins trophies of the world. Um, and you just have so much so much heat. Right. Like I, I <laughs> almost, mentioned just <laughs> yeah, like you almost want to make like a, a like turn lands into creatures style deck that just like has this thing. And as the like your lands are your threats and you have this thing and you have spells. <laughs> And uh, yeah. good luck, everyone else ever casting a thing again. Uh, Arcon's really obnoxious to play against, but but pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. I, th- I do think the fact that it does exile your stuff does mean like you can't do much on your side, even right. You can't build very much without without putting a lot of work into it, and it's exile, so you can't like break it with indestructible or hexproof or whatever. So um, you have to play around it specifically. But I think there's some cool things you could do, uh, and 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 making lands like you doing stuff like what Nissa does, where it, like makes a land into a a, a creature or or other things is the way to do it. Um, yeah. Next, we have Kaya the Inexorable. Three white, black, legendary planeswalker Kaya comes in with five loyalty. Plus one, put a ghost form counter on the uh, an up to one target non-token creature. It gains when this creature dies or a or is put into exile, return it to its owner's hand and create a 1-1 one, one white spirit creature token with flying. Minus three... Okay. Exile target non-land permanent. Minus seven, you get an emblem with at the beginning of your upkeep. You may cast a legendary spell from your hand, from your graveyard, or from among cards you own in exile without paying its mana cost. So, one cool thing, it does work with Foretold, foretold, right? Like, uh, uh, this lets you cast Foretold cards for free. Um, But also, the emblem does, which I think is, like, something cute that I didn't realize until now. Because it was previewed before Foretold was previewed. Um, But... Uh, it's five mana terminate, right? Just, just or yep. not terminate. It's five mana vindicate or vindicate. Well, it's not vindicate because vindicate, vindicate. Is, is, is land, right? So it's, it's actually like, well, like utter end basically. Yeah. Yeah. Without the life loss. So just five exile, any non-land permanent for five mana is like a card that would have seen play in other formats. Right. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, her plus is fine. Uh, it does protect a creature in a cool way. You get a cool one, one spirit out of it. You get to get that creature back to your hand. It lets you abuse ETB triggers in a fun way. So there's cool things that it does. Um, but I mean, the um, ultimate being seven and it coming down on five to begin with means the turn it comes into play, it goes to six. You're already d- dangerously close to ultimate correct. zone pretty fast with this card. And I think the, 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 the idea that if you draw this card in a situation like in standard, for instance, where you would need it, that it does have utter end on it for five mana is pretty strong. Yeah. that I think if not the fact that you're going to plus it, plus it, minus it like two turns after you play, it, it's going to go to six, going to go to seven, then minus you will alt this two turns after you play it. Uh, that's pretty good. It's pretty mm-hmm. good. And, and I think, I think just like think of, think of the, like think of how much, what's it called? Saw play uh, or a seeing play thought uh, uh, Elsbeth conquers death, right? Like the, the, the ability to play a five drop permanent that gains you value that immediately kills a thing is going to see play. And this is the best, this is one of the best, like, cause, cause this does follow suit in the like five mana planeswalker that pluses the draw you a card and minuses the kill a thing. And then ultimates the win the game, right? Like that, like right, there's like a right. Ralzeric version of that. Like, like every planeswalker has that card in print. <laughs> um, and this is another one in a long line of them. The cool one about this is, I think this is the best minus three on a five mana planeswalker ever printed. Uh, as far as the best, the best kill spell, right? It's like just blatant, maybe Ugin at six mana. Um, but that's a six mana card. Karn is seven mana to do this effect. So like just having unconditional exile a permanent, uh, 
excluding lands, I know. Uh, exile a non-land permanent is like an insane ability by itself. Yeah. Um, for standard. Yeah, and I think in, in modern, I think it's less likely to see play. In commander, it's just another good thing in like Mardu or, or Esper or, 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 or Mar- uh, Mardu, Esper, Black White Aristocrat decks, which exist. Um, and Kaya's dope. I like love Kaya as a character. Like Ghost Assassin is like really, really sweet. And like the, the splash art with her with like Ghost Axes. Yeah, it's like really cool. The last pack bet card that has been shown uh, is Halvar, God of the Battle. Two white, mm. white, four, four, legendary creature god. Uh, creatures you control that are enchanted or equipped have double strike. At the beginning of each combat, you may attach target aura or equipment attached to a creature you control to target creature you control. Um, and then the backside is... Sword of the Realms, one in a white equipment, legendary artifact equipment, equipped creature gets plus two plus zero and has vigilance. Whenever equipped creature dies, return it to its owner's hand. Equipped one, equip one in a white. Um, so two things with this card. It one thing is it like on both sides you get rid of the legendary rule. Like you always like you can have both of these in play and it's not an issue. So that's pretty sweet. Um, Sword of the Realms is the first equipment you can have in your command zone. Hmm, that's interesting. So you can cast Sword of the Realms from the command zone. So so when I first saw it, it's like, oh man, I don't know if I want just like another equipment themed white card as my commander. And then I realized that, oh no, I could have Sword of the Realms be my commander and I could have that be the mono white commander that I'm going to build. And I'm like very, very, very close to pulling that trigger. He's it's also cool because if you if in, in 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 other formats, if you draw both halves, you can work they work really well together, right? Like you give him double strike, you have a six four double strike vigilance that when it dies, return it to it your hand. <laughs> so it's like not a, a, a thing to lap at. I really wanna get a foil version of this card because the backside of it, the sword version, not the not the showcase version, but the regular one in foil seems like it would be so epic. It's like it's like freaking Final Fantasy sword. Look yep. at that thing. Yep, yep, yep. Looks yep. incredible. Are we gonna talk about some of these leaks? Yeah, so we're gonna go over the leak conversation. And the first one, and this is a big uh a big one, and 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 this will be its own video. So hey, welcome to the MM cast. I'm your host Alex Kessler. Here's Ben Bateman. We do video content every day sometimes and also uh we do a video podcast version of this. You can listen to the audio anytime you want. Check out our patron, all those good things. Please like and subscribe. And uh, basically, um, a bunch of cards were leaked. There was like a bunch of leaks and 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 then there's a discourse about leaks and I kind of want to delve into it. So uh, first off, we're going to talk at first about what our thoughts are on leaking and and about content creators making content about those leaks and, and the, the do's and don'ts in that world. And then we're going to talk about some of the specific leaks that we saw. Uh, this is coming out after Kaldheim uh, preview season is starting. So so last Thursday was the kickoff. So it's possible that all these leaks are now just, excuse me, public information that that are, are, are officially released. We still want to be careful because we're recording this a week ahead of time. So a uh, big spoiler warning in about five minutes uh, when we get into uh, individual cards. I'll bring it up again. Um, so uh, we don't know exactly what happened. People said they opened them in packs, but uh, uh, about one, two, three, four... Five, six, seven, eight, like eight cards were, were leaked ahead of time. And um, and then it kind of got in a weird an interesting conversation because, um, you know, they're, 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 for the last kind of couple of years, there's been like a hard do not spoil leaks. Right. Like that's 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 like like content creators that's don't talk the about them. Stance. Don't, don't yeah. share them. Like don't put them on the Internet. And. We even created like there's a video on our channel right now and it's a joke, uh, but it was like it was like the leaks from because there was this be- or there was leaks for um, um, Commander Legends that came out like two months in advance and I I released a video that was just me like don't share leaks I was dressed in a dinosaur costume because it was during October when I was dressing as a costume every day and then it's a video of water leaking from a faucet and our theme song just playing on loop because people have been asking us just to post our theme song on loop. Uh, on our on our <laughs> channel because it slaps apparently copyright <laughs> Matt um and so uh they um but there's like a real kind of conversation on 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 is it okay for content creators to share leaks talk about them share them what, is it okay for people to share them and where do kind of people stand on it and and I have I go I go on two sides right right the 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 negative to sharing leaks is to other content creators. Like there, there is a real incentive um, that Wizards has created 
of content creators getting to share preview cards, right? Like it's it, it's one of the reasons you do it, especially in the early days when we started making content, like literally getting our first preview card was like the goal. I like made all of top decking. I did all of this other stuff. We had the podcast and it was like, I just want to get a preview card one day. Like how, what do I do have to get it? And getting it meant a lot. And like getting the preview cast two times is one of the better things that I've done in my life. <laughs> um, and, and, and something I definitely hang my hat on. So like, and if someone had leaked Kess before I got to preview it, it would have been heartbreaking. If someone leaked a card that was supposed to be my first preview card, it would have been heartbreaking uh, ahead of time. And I find out that that's the one I was supposed to get. Now, so so that's that's kind of the like, you know, there's a lot of people doing a lot of work for basically no money, right? Most of these content creators including us don't get paid to do this. There's they're like the money that we, yeah. we, I'm definitely net negative on the MM cast as are many other content creators. And they're doing it because they love it. Um, or maybe with the, the hopes of growing to eventually make a living off of it. And, and so this real incentive that's been created sucks. Uh, it's super, super lame. Um, and then on top of that, there is a, a pretty large subset of people that don't want to see leaks if they can avoid it. Right. I, I did a poll, on Twitter, and it was almost exactly 50-50 um, on, do, did you go and look at the leaks? Like, when you found out there were leaks, did you go and, and, and search them out? And, like, 50% of people said absolutely not, and 50% of people said yes. And, and like, I think there's just a group of people that wants to see them officially. They want to see the release schedule in the same way that, like, I don't look up the ending to movies before I go see them. Well, it's funny you relate this. So what this brings to mind for me, and it's a little different because it's this is information that's not supposed to be out there. The people that dole out the information have chosen not to, but it gets out anyway. But I remember like when when uh, Andrew Guy and I uh, reviewed Rise of Skywalker, we we screened the movie. We went and saw the whatever the press screening for it two days before it came out. And there was an embargo. So you weren't supposed to talk about the movie until it came out. And there was two schools of thought. Our original plan was to do a midnight the 1201 30 minute spoiler review we were going to do like a full live stream spoiler review right because we were like you know would like we'll we'll put it on the screen spoiler review in the title but we want to do that and i i posted we were going to do it and i got messages from a bunch of other people you know more major digital media houses being like don't do that man that's like you shouldn't you shouldn't do a spoiler review at 1201 that's like not a good thing to do no one has seen the movie yet and we didn't end up doing it. We did like a pulled our punches one and it kind of I got a big argument with Andrew about it. I remember what had happened because we like pivoted last minute. So I just got like cold feet about it. It made me feel weird to be going out there because there was this like frowned upon idea of it. And it's kind of the same thing you're talking about, even though it's still we're allowed to talk about it on the embargo date. But it's still that sort of respect of like the world really wants to watch this movie and then talk about it. They don't really want you to spoil the ending before they have even a chance to talk about it. That's not really the point for them. But I just remember thinking at the time and we should have just done that. You know, maybe maybe we should have just been the people that did that because someone was going to do it. Right. And that's right, kind of right, that's right. kind of the same thing with this, which is like it gets spoiled. Everyone sees it. Someone's going to post this and get a bunch of credit for breaking it. Luckily, we're not the type of creators that do that. But someone is right, and someone's right. profiting off it. And there's a there's another side of it right like there is if we were more and we have tailored ourselves at different times to being finance related right we have mtg finance takes we've had cassie has been on who's been you know did did the mtg finance article for scg for years we've had multiple brainstorm brewery guys on here um these cards will come out and will automatically affect prices. Like, for instance, one of the things that was leaked was snow coming back. And literally, if you go and look at mid-tier or just on the edge powerful snow cards for Modern Horizons, they have an uptick the day after these preview cards come out in price because people realize, like, oh, that Merrillage enchantment might actually start seeing play or Dead of Winter or, you know, like now more, more and more incentives to play snow have been created. What of these cards maybe are going to be worth buying again? And like by by not paying attention to leaks or by closing your eyes, you a miss out on the chance to buy cards before they spike, uh, before the MTG finance community gets in there and starts messing with your ability to pick up cards for a sweet deck you want to build. Um, and B, maybe lose out on selling cards out if there's like a reprint, right? Like you like, oh, I didn't look at the leaks in ancient or uh, 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 what's that? What's that one? The the or Fetchlands, right? Or like Shocklands. Shocklands are being reprinted again or Fetchlands are being reprinted. And because there was a leak, if I had known week one, I would have sold them very, very quickly. But, sure. But because I wasn't looking at leaks, they've already tanked and I never had a chance to jump off the boat. Um, so it's like 
from that perspective, you now no longer you're 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 actively hurting yourself by not looking at leaks, which sucks. Like because you don't want to, and especially with these the leaks that we have, one of them is an insane spoiler. Like it, like to the extent that I didn't believe it, even though like everyone at that point was like, no, these are real. <laughs> um, and we'll get into that in a second. But so it, it sucks. There's, you know, on one hand, as you said, it sucks that like there's going to be content creators that are lame that like are going to take advantage of it. So leaving content creators that are not lame that won't take advantage of it. And often that's the line between a lot of people that get preview cards and don't, right? Like Wizards doesn't want these leaks being shared. So if you're one of the good right. ones, you have a higher chance of getting a preview card. Which means that like you're now getting less of an incentive, um, and then there's a whole conversation on on the value of a preview card, and and yeah. uh, Spice Eight Rack did a really good kind of breakdown on Twitter on like in many ways Wizards is paying you for free labor for a free preview card, and once you're a certain side, preview videos don't necessarily do much better for you than not. And one of the reasons I'm like, you know, we don't get preview cards in any set, and and part of the reason Wizards did that, and I think it's a good thing, is it it's they're now putting preview cards in newer creator hands that that to to try and draw eyeballs to more and more creators, which I think is really good. But in other ways, they're you know they're getting free labor for 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 content to advertise their new set uh, without having to pay anyone. So th- there's like a weird love love hate relationship that I know some content creators have with the preview card model as it exists now. But when it comes to leaks. It sucks, and, and and there's not like a good solution. I think I think what you were saying with your stream is the right thing to do. Movies are different too, right? Like the the yeah. the value of a movie is a story being told and not seeing the ending of it. And Star Wars specifically is all about secret reveals, right? Like Darth Vader being Luke's father is like what the franchise is built on, <laughs> uh, and so spoilers are a real real thing there. Where magic, like yes we're going to find out tomorrow that this is true and what the context is of it. The main thing is gameplay. Um, and, and you're not going to get to do that until you get to play with them. So it's not as big of a deal. Well, you know what, what calls to mind really quickly too. And, and we're going to talk about this. I think this green spoiler here first, what's hilarious to me is you guys were all on our MMCast text thread, you know, Marshall, our producer, you and me and Michael were all texting and, and you guys were like, Oh my God, don't look at this. If you don't want to have something huge. I mean, this is like massive earth shattering. And I was like, wow, what could it be? I was thinking to myself, I was like, uh, it must be like the reserve list is being abolished or like something. I was like something just game changing with the way these guys are talking about it. And I like saw what it was and I was like, I don't care about story. <laughs> I was like, I don't care about this story. Yeah, yeah like, it's, it's purely a story spoiler. It's a big story spoiler, but it's, yeah, if you don't care, it doesn't matter. Like, you guys were like, don't look. And I was like, wow, this is going to be mind blowing. I can't believe that we're like magic is ending in 2022 or something like this is going to be wild stuff. They did, they did preview like every mechanic in the set, right? We got foretold. Yeah. We got snow. <laughs> <laughs> we got the the other, which I'm never going to remember the name of. And it already feels like the adamant of this set. Uh, boast. But I think the correct thing to do is, is I think people should talk about them. I, I've kind of come around on it. I think you should do videos about leaks. I, I don't think the leaks should be in your, especially when they're story related, they definitely shouldn't be in your thumbnail. You should encourage people to, to, to not just share them blatantly. You should put them behind spoiler walls. You should be cognizant that there's a, a significant 50% of the, of at least my followers, which is not everyone. They didn't want to see it. Right. Like, so, so why, why hurt other people by sharing those spoilers for the people that do want to know for people that want to find out and for people that want to maybe protect themselves on the finance side. I do think like once the cat's out of the bag, the cat's out of the bag. So it's really more about just making sure you don't hurt the people that don't want to see it in the same way that I don't post on Twitter the ending to Mandalorian season season eight, just blatantly. Um, we are going to get to the spoiler, yep. spoiler in question here. From this point onward, do not watch if you do not want to see the cards that were leaked. The big one, the one that we were all freaking out about, the thing that like ruins the story by seeing it is Vornaclick's <laughs> Monstrous Raider. Four green green, Phyrexian Praetor. Praetor is a creature type. Trample haste six six. You get doubling season and they get reverse doubling season. Wait a minute. It's oh yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so it's a six it's a six mana six six with trample. Haste. And that haste. gives in haste, and it's it's you or one or more counters on you or on a permanent or player, put that many. If you would put one or more counters on a permanent or player, put twice that many of each of those kinds of counters that permanent or player instead. So that includes so, planeswalkers, that includes infect, that includes energy, that includes But you said double season. It is. It is not doubling season. That is doubling it's season. It's doubling season for counters. 
Oh yeah, you don't get tokens. It is not tokens. Yeah, You're, yeah sorry, 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 sorry. I, sorry, I thought sorry. for a second that I misread the the card. Yeah, sorry. so it's so it's doubling season for Planeswalkers, and it's doubling season for Infect, which obviously because of where Vorinclex is originally from, uh, with the whole Infect thing, that's an important piece of this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then the other half is if an opponent would put uh, one or more counters on a permanent or player then put half that many counters on that print player instead rounded down. So what's cool about him as a card is it's the part of doubling season that they've previously said makes it not a card they can reprint. It lets you ultimate with planeswalkers the turn they come into play. Now, one of the reasons I think they've been able to print this is so many of the planeswalkers they're now designing don't ultimate anymore or like their ultimates are not like I win the game for five loyalty, right? So it's not as yeah. as insane, at least in standard and like doubling season hasn't done anything in modern of significance ever. Um... Though fun decks exist. Uh, uh, so so I think from that perspective, it's fine. This card's dope. It's really so. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's great. Like, it, the fact that it's six mana, six, six for Trample Haste by itself is like a card that would be looked at for standard play. And the fact that it has like half of doubling season attached and then makes all of your opponent's Planeswalkers way worse. It's like, it's really sweet. Now, do you know what's something I would like to do in modern? Yes. I would like to, uh, I would like to tooth and nail <laughs> and twined. For this card and uh, Putrefax, is that it? The 5-3 the Trample, Haste, Infect, Sack yes. End of Turn card? Yes. I would like to get the two of those together <laughs> off of my tooth and nail. And I would like to one-shot you with Haste and just 10 you. I would really love to know how Trample works with this ability and Infect. Oh, interesting. Because of the counters. Do the count since because it, it's doing double damage. It's damage isn't double, so it's doing five damage trampling. But does the counters, the minus one minus one counters, which, which is getting two per damage, double? Yeah. Right. Like, I have no idea how that works. But kill would, the creature faster, and then the and then the damage going but through. Does, it, does the trample damage go farther through? So if you like, if you block with a zero yeah. five, does ten, five damage still go over because it doubled that damage, or does it just do? put 10 counters on the creature. So in the comments, please comment. It's an interesting question. Yep. Um, but story-wise, what does Vorniclux mean and why it's important? So so as you know, uh, if you're not a planeswalker, traveling to other planes is real, real hard. Uh, currently in canon, the only way that we know of that's really around are Nicol Bolas's portal that uh, Rashmi, I believe, built on... You just keep going. I'll be uh, right back. Yeah, yeah. That Rashmi built on... Well, I need you to know this. <laughs> uh, that Rashmi built on Kaladesh uh, that then Tezzeret absorbed and then used to open up a portal, which is how the army of... Uh, from... Not Ixalan. Amonkhet the, of Eternals was able to travel through, but only dead people could use that portal to travel through. Uh, I believe that there is also one or two other planeswalkers kind of can teleport other people. I think Kaya has the ability to do it to some extent. And I also believe, but you have to like be turned into a ghost or be dead. And then obviously, uh, uh what's his face can have Mo Wu, um, join him wherever he goes. Yang, Yang I think, uh, don't quote me on that somehow. Now, Ben, I do need Ben to come back. This isn't fun. Somehow, Vorniclux <laughs> uh, is on this plane. And how did that happen? My personal theory is that there's three options. One is, Venser is a portal mage who is working on an interplanar portal. And I believe in his journal that exists, which could, is also with his dead body. Dying on New Phryxia, not really a thing. Uh, very easy for him to just be completed and be brought back to life. He could be creating portals, which is leading us into the Phryxian story. Um, option two is the story of Kaldheim seems to be about this world tree uh, bringing together multiple realms. This is like how like in the Avengers, uh, the, all the portals of uh, from the tree are bringing stuff together. And maybe just like whatever that process is, uh, Kaldheim has like bled into New Phryxia to some extent. Um, or the third option is that Tybalt getting the sword that is on the backside of Halvar has allowed him to open up portals uh, using his Planeswalker Spark because there is that realm thing. So something is able to do that. So Tybalt just open up a portal with the sword and Vornoclex is there. So so to catch I mean, that I up, think I think okay. as far as that. No, I've been able to hear you the whole time. Oh, I think oh, okay. um, I think that truthfully having a super sweet, powerful Tybalt card would be awesome. So mm -hmm. that would be cool if that was the case. Yeah, so like we know Tybalt's there. We know Tybalt's whole plot is he's trying to steal the sword that Halwar is holding. In fact, the one reason I think that the other gods might not be equipment is two parts. One, he cares about equipment and B, 
um, because uh, like the sword, this sword specifically is the one in the trailer. It's not like there's like other weapons that you're seeing. So it's not like the other gods are unified to weapons in any way. So it, it feels like this will be the one that he's in equipment. So this is why you like story because it lets you predict what type of cards are going to exist. And then, <laughs> and then the story is about, is about Tybalt stealing the sword. So like, and there's like a bunch of weird, like crystally, like light things in the sky in a lot of the artwork and the, the okay. pathway lands, uh, all the flavor text make reference of like portal or like being able to travel between worlds or whatever. And then, you know, in Norse mythology, like Thor is the God of the nine realms and he uses the Bifrost right. to travel through to all of the Caledon or our, our plane or whatever. And like, yeah, that could be planeswalkery adjacent magic. And like maybe in the hands of a planeswalker, Tybalt could just like snatch up people and bring them over. Yeah. And like, yeah, yeah. I don't know if you've ever played against uh Vornaclex in a game of commander, Ben, but uh, it sucks. Is Vor? <laughs> Vornclex is the one where your stuff comes in tapped. No, no that's all, all lands. If you tap them for mana, do not untap for on your next untap yes. step, and all of your He's, lands untap for double. He costs like ten or something. Eight, nine. Cost eight. He he's like he was not a standard player. Hasn't seen play it. Like he is a in commander. He sees play because he is honestly unbearable to like he he like wins the person the game right. He doubles your mana, it, and every other person's mana is halved. It's interesting that all of the Praetors have had their own moments, like uh, both Jenga Taxis for a minute there before things got crazy with Power Creep was the best thing you could be reanimating. Right. And then Vorinclex, it was the was the odd the odd one out, whereas Elishnorn was the biggest staple of like limited and then like, you know, big part of like competitive play because it was just like such a good El- thing El- to get El- off. Elishnorn has seen so much competitive play over time, like is probably yeah. the most most competitively successful. Yeah, by far. And then Ourobrask is really sweet because Ourobrask, like the fact that it's just like a four four with haste for five that like gives the your rest of your board haste, and then also your opponent's creatures all come and tap. It's like pretty utility. It's just a good card in general. It's a lot less splashy than the others. Yeah, like Elish- I Elishnorn think- is Elishnorn is like like Vorniclex, Urbrask, and uh uh the black one. Shieldred. Shieldred are all commander staples, right? Like, and, yeah. and, like all of them are. And Elishnorn's also a commander staple. Um, G- Jin Gitaxius and Elishnorn w- are also cards that saw significant competitive play. Just Gitaxian, yeah. G- Jin Gitaxius got outclassed by Grizzlebrand, right? That's like the only yep. reason it's not seeing plays that Grizzlebrand is the third best creature ever printed from a, like, if all things were costing zero mana perspective. Mind you, Elish Norn might be the third, right? Like one of those three, along with Emrakul. <laughs> <laughs> um, right, right, right. So, so let's let's go to other things. So, uh, do you want? I mean, we could touch upon some of these, or do you want to? There's Resplendent Marshall. That card's probably pretty cool. Um, it's white, white one for a three-three flying angel warrior. When Resplendent Marshall enters the battlefield or dies, you may exile another creature card from your graveyard. When you do, put a plus one plus one counter on each creature you control, other than Resplendent Marshall that shares a creature type with the exiled card. Um, just make something real big. Well, no, it's put a plus one counter on each creature you control mm. other than the Marshal that shares right. a creature type with the exiled card. So it's it's kind of an interesting Lord card. Like, it's a, first of all, it's a warrior. And, and there are definitely warrior decks that are like you can you can almost just play a warrior deck at this point. There's like a handful of Lords now. Um, the fact that this is a three, three flying warrior Lord that comes down, exiles whatever trash was in your graveyard and then. Plus ones, plus ones, your whole board. Yeah, that's it's true. Reminiscent of some of the stuff. It's, it's reminiscent of some of the stuff that humans does by like making your whole board bigger. Yep. Um, and it's also because they're counters. It doesn't require this creature to stay on the battlefield much in the same way that like Thalia's Lieutenant gets bigger. There's like the red warrior Lord that can make like the, the, the two drop. There's like some good warrior tribal stuff that was in, in Zendikar. So it does play on that. That's fair. Um, yeah, that card's really cool. Um, last thing on this card, sorry, just because I think there's actually one last piece of this puzzle. So this card is when it enters the battlefield or dies. So yes. you get it both times. Um, and also, the creature that you're exiling doesn't have to be share type with Resplendent Angel. It just has to share a creature type with the creatures that are getting the counters. Hmm. This could literally just be in humans. You just exile a dead Thalia's lieutenant when it, enter- when it enters. I mean, right? Like, it just exiles a dead human and pluses your whole board. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If, if they're all humans that card's pretty powerful that yeah, card's yeah. a pretty that's, that's a pretty strong top end in a lot of tribal decks you yeah, can play it in, in spirits like yeah it's a flying three yeah. three for three like that's seen play right in in older format so now it has a good ability um yep we have dragonkin berserker one in a red uh human berserker two two 
first strike boast abilities you activate cost one less to activate for each dragon you control and then it has boast four and a red colon which boast is uh activate this ability only if creatures attack this turn and only once each turn so you can activate it once a turn if you've attacked with a creature to create a five five red dragon creature token with flying so it's cool because without dragon tribal this scales like every dragon you cost makes it so the next dragon is cheaper um and then obviously if you have a bunch of dragons in your deck you're putting this in a sarkon deck it just is a sweet dragon token maker as long as you're attacking um and then also a boast boast tribal for other boast cards there's another boast arnie broken bow two and a red legendary creature human berserker three three haste boast one you may change uh arnie's base power to one plus the greatest power among other creatures you control until end of turn so if you have like a seven seven you can make him into a seven seven you can you know you can you can choose to make him bigger um you know what you know where this card would be really fun Dragonkin Berserker in a deck alongside uh, Bolas, four mana flying to transform into a Planeswalker Bolas with training grounds um, where you are like, because obviously I've, I've mentioned to you before that Bolas comes down on four and if you have training grounds then he flips himself on turn five with training grounds because it makes his flip cost five instead of seven, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, which is already sweet. And then the fact that this card with the training grounds means that for three mana already you're just going to be making potentially two if you have any dragons and mm. if you create a dragon then the next time it costs two to activate the boast ability um that seems really fun that seems like su- you're talking about the berserker rat. yeah 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 that's that's cool pack rat's Pro- too. Pack rat as well the training grounds that's insanely good mm-hmm. urborg so you can get all the black mana so you can activate pack rat a lot of times um that all sounds real sweet <laughs> yeah that's cool i like that um Runeforge Champion. When Runeforge Champion enters the battlefield, you may search your library and or graveyard for a rune card, reveal it, and put it into your hand. If you search your library that way, shuffle it. You may pay one other than pay the mana cost for rune spells you cast. We don't know what that is. Do we know what runes are yet? Yeah, we don't know what those are yet. I guess that was a mechanic we missed when we went over mechanics. Runes are in this set. Uh, Let us know what you think of them because you've seen them and we haven't. The only runes I can think of were Rune of Protection. These were all from Urza's Saga. They were cycling... They were cycling circle of protections. This seems like um, a, this seems like a card type. This seems like an arcane yeah. or yeah. <laughs> Agreed. Uh, Agreed. We have the snow spell, blessing of frost, three and a green uh, snow sorcery. Distribute X plus one plus one counters among any number of creatures you control, where X is the amount of snow spent to cast this spell. Then draw a card for each creature you control with power greater, uh, power four or greater. So this is just a pump your whole team, draw a bunch of cards. If you're playing snow mana, not an exciting rare going to be dope and limited going to blow people out it's an overrun uh but also it was what confirmed snow is in the set uh sigil god favored one one white or Seagrid god favored legendary creature human warrior flash first strike protection from god creatures when Seagrid god mm. favorite enters the battlefield exile up to one target attacking or blocking creature until Seagrid leaves the battlefield Uh, yeah. it's like a cool O-ring with pro gods, uh, righteous Valkyrie, two and a white, uh, two, four flying when another angel or cleric enters the battle from your control, you gain life equal to that creature's toughness. As long as you have at least seven life or more than your starting loaf title creatures control, get plus two, plus two. This was one of the cards that made, there's a bunch of angel travel cards that jumped up because this card was previewed, um, yeah. or, or leaked. That's like when we were talking about finance things and was relevant. It's like. It's cool. It's cute. There's like some other angel tribal card in that buy box. And those those are those are the leaked cards. Um, obviously, Vornaclux was the like most intense thing that we saw. Oh, no, there's a giant calamity bear. Two red, red giant berserker. Three, four. If a giant source you control would deal damage to a permanent or player, it deals double that damage instead to that permanent player. Uh... So that that crush underfoot card that I was mentioning in the pre-show two mana instant uh, that doubles the damage, right? Because it's a giant spell. It's tribal. Yep. Yes, it is. It does count. It's kind of sweet. It does count. It's sweet. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's 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 um, those are those are the leaks. Now uh, Monday night streams are at seven thirty PST. Uh, always on Twitch. So twitch.tv slash Kess Wiley, um, which is also me on Twitter and Instagram and everywhere else. But also, um, if you we're trying to get it on YouTube as well, we're just having a little bit issue of double streaming. Uh, it's not always successful, but when it is, it'll live on the channel. So definitely check out. Uh, the stream on Mondays on Twitch. It's a blast. Um, and a uh, big thank you to Nick Prince and Lady Danger last week who were on. And we played some awesome games. Um, 
And yeah, that's everything I got. Uh, thank you, Marshall, who's just killing the game every day like a boss. Crushing it. Crushing it like a boss. All right. This has been a production of Time Traveler Media. Sending podcasts into the future.